1: Welcome to NFL Explained, a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
2: We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. That's just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code DK1, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just 5 bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DK1 for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 Hope NY, or text Hope NY 467-369. America's
3: most reliable network is going ultra. With Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. Wait, what? Yes! Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G ultra-wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the RootMetrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks. Your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization.
4: Holiday season is upon us, and instead of going on a deep dive on one specific question, we thought we would stuff your stockings with multiple questions and answer some of the ones you've been firing off to us over the last few weeks. Welcome to NFL Explained. I'm Mike Yam, joined as always by the fabulous Aditi Kinkabwala.
1: In this season of gift-giving, right? I mean, this is us giving gifts back to the listeners who have been gifting us with their time.
4: You know, there's a listener right now going, yo, you guys are so cheap. If this is your gift to us, I get it. I get it. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Like give all of our listeners? Some, I mean- you No, know
1: what? But it's not just about money. It's about time. And we did spend time researching some of these interesting questions. I mean, I don't know about you, Yam, but I got a lot of really interesting questions in my right. mentions.
4: Okay. So I feel like we might've gotten more gifts than we are giving in this episode, which is kind of cool and not necessarily like my life ethos. Like I like to give a little bit more than I take. I think if we all had that, we'd all be in a bunch better place. But I say that because when you fire off a question like, Hey, like, what do you guys want to hear on NFL explain? What can we answer? People are funny. People are funny. I'm telling you, some of the ats that I got were comical. So I appreciate all the chuckles that I was able to get from some of our listeners and greatly appreciate it.
1: Well, since we have so many tremendous listeners and we did get quite a lot, let's just jump right into it. Let's roll. All right. We're going to start with one of mine because, you know, people do at me quite a bit, Mike, a lot, by the way, if we're doing that, you know. Yeah. Well, I do keep track of who's winning on Twitter. (laughs) It ain't me. (laughs) 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 <laughs> all right. Our very first one came from a gentleman named Tim Proud. Hey, Tim, thank you so much. Here's what he sent us. Here's one for NFL Explained. Terminology. Where did terms like pooch kick, shovel pass, muff punt, pick, etc., all come from?
4: What a great question.
1: That is a really great one. All right. So why don't you start us with pooch? Okay, so pooch
4: I don't know from? where pooch actually <laughs> came from. I love how you did that. You set, it, you set me up for failure. I mean, what kind of friend are you? We actually don't have the answer for <laughs> Pooch Punt, which is just kind of wild. Our research team, and by the way, like our resources are truly amazing. You ask our research team anything, you get an answer relatively quickly. And
1: unless you ask them where Pooch, Punt Pooch Punt came from, came we don't <laughs> have that one. So I don't think. All right, yeah. so Tim, that's going to be a part yeah. two. We will, we will find the answer to that. And maybe someone listening to us right now knows the answer. So if you know the answer of where Pooch Punt came from, please reach out yes. to us. All right, let's move on. Shovel pass. This actually came from basketball, Mike, because it's that shovel-like motion with your arm. And then as for a muff punt, well, that's because a muff is a muff. A muff is in the dictionary is failing to hold on to a ball when you're trying to catch it. I was once at a game in San Francisco where a poor young man muffed two punts, two in one game. Actually, I think that just happened last weekend in a Bengals game, didn't it?
4: That's the other thing I'm learning, not even like the origin of these terms. From a a normal vernacular situation here, I didn't even know what muff meant, so... Like, formally, outside of football terms. I I never used it. I mean, you're giving me this look. Like, do you use you muff normally?
1: That's because you went to Fordham. You know, if you had an Ivy League vocabulary, you would have used the word muff. <laughs> Moving right along, an interception is often called a pick. Yeah. Why is it called a pick? Because a pick is another word for rob, like a pickpocket. And what do you do when you get an interception? Well, you rob the receiver and you rob the quarterback of their ball. Here's another one for you, Mike Flea Flicker. Flea flicker is actually a very, very, very long tenured part of our vernacular. It was created by the legendary University of Illinois coach, Bob Zupka, who described it as a dog's flicking action to get rid of fleas. So the way that a dog flicks to get rid of his fleas is similar to a flea flicker, according to Bob Zupka. I'm not sure I really get this one. This one. This one I really like, sack. Can you guess what era the term sack? was developed Uh, because we haven't been keeping track of sacks for a very long time
4: no you're right it that has been an issue although there's a part of me that says when we were doing like our nicknames like i you know we sort of dug into the research on some of these defensive teams and dudes that just were monsters against offenses so while it might not go like back to the early 1900s i would imagine it's still i don't know 50 60 70 something along those
1: lines 1960s. That's right. So Marv Levy, the former NFL coach Marv Levy, he says the coach that he worked for, one of his former bosses, George Allen, who, of course, is in the Hall of Fame, who coined the phrase the first time. And this is what Marv Levy said. He said that George Allen was talking the night before a team meeting about playing the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, who at the time was Craig Morton. And at the time, it would always be tackle the quarterback for a loss. But what Marv Levy says is the night before this game, when the Rams played the Cowboys and Craig Morton, George Allen said, before we play those Dallas Cowboys, we're going to take that Morton salt and pour him into a sack. And so that was the inspiration for the term sack.
4: I like the history behind it. Never would have guessed that that's where it yeah, came from. Yeah,
1: that w- that's not where I would have gotten yeah, with that Yeah, it feels like that a either. little
4: bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. This one's
1: a little bit personal okay. because I do happen to know Bill Fralick, and that's Pancake. Bill Fralick was an offensive lineman at the University of Pittsburgh, and his blocks were so <laughs> famously known for putting a pound and flat on their back. This is in the early 1980s that it was actually the Pitts Sports Information Department that came up with the term Pancake. And that was during a Heisman campaign for an offensive lineman. How about that? Bill Fralick actually finished eighth in the Heisman voting in 1983. And six people gave him first place votes for that one.
4: That is wild. I mean, we always think about the Heisman as a quarterback award. Maybe you're talking about running backs, but I mean, hell, it's rare. It's a defensive player. I, i Top 10 in voting for an offensive lineman, that's got to be as rare as they come. And by the way, kudos to a lot of the SIDs around the country who work, I mean, just behind the scenes and just crushing it. But to come up with something like that, I mean, it's really creative. Like I think about, although the resource is a little bit different, but, you know, when Joey Harrington was, you know, was an mm-hmm. Oregon quarterback. Uh, you know, in New York City, you know, the huge billboard, you, you see stuff like that. Gardner Minshew, you know, with the mustache, it wasn't a Heisman deal, but like, you know, set mustaches everywhere. Like, that's kind of like the collegiate aspect of the game and that using the pancake deal like that's that's actually kind of fun.
1: It is fun. Now, here's one that there's no way. That you'd ever guess this one and it's funny because i actually wondered about this one too we talk about the shotgun formation right so where does that name come from that phrase was coined in 1960 and here's what happened the 49ers upset the colts and afterwards reporters were asking 49ers coach howard red hickey you know what was this offensive formation that he used that nobody had ever seen
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: Before. And so Red Hickey says, well, you know, it's spread right and spread left. And, you know, like that's kind of what it was. And the reporters are like, yeah, yeah, that's not really that creative. So Hickey put on the spot, said, well, I'm an old country boy and I used to go hunting with a shotgun. So how about we just call it the shotgun? If we're going to stay on weaponizing terms, I guess, let's go with blitz. So (laughs) blitz is, of course, short for the German military strategy, which was the blitzkrieg. And that means a sudden overwhelming attack, right? You remember like the blitzkrieg was sort of the lightning war. So what is a sudden overwhelming attack when somebody blitzes you? Unexpected. That one's
4: very appropriate.
1: Yeah, that one seems to make sense. How about bootleg?
4: Uh, No idea where something... Yeah.
1: All right. Bootleg actually comes from Pop Warner. He invented both the play and he came up with the name. And since we talked about history earlier, this one's got its basis in history too, Mike. So back during the Prohibition days bootleggers would hide their alcohol in their pants. And the way that they would hide their alcohol is very, very similar to the way a quarterback hides the ball from the defense. (laughs) So... That's where that one came from.
4: They used to hide the uh, their alcohol in their pants. You can't do that in today's day and age with skinny jeans. Just not going to
1: happen. So <laughs>
4: no. I can't imagine if skinny jeans were all the rage during Prohibition, what we'd be calling the bootleg now in the NFL. Just it might be called something else.
1: That's a whole other episode. Yeah, Maybe we should come up with new terms.
4: Yeah. Uh, Really cool to see some of those terms get unleashed. And actually, Aditi, before we get to the next question, I know there was this idea of throwing out the definition of Hail Mary. We're not going to do that here on this mailbag edition because we have a whole episode coming up on that very subject.
3: Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com.
2: We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. That's just $5 and get 280. In free bets, if your team wins, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DK1 and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just five bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DK1 for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 Hope NY, or text Hope NY 467-369.
4: got another question, Aditi, and it comes from James, who says who are the chain crew at games? Not to be confused with two chains who I saw in Atlanta one time. Uh, are they supplied by the home team? Are they employed by the NFL? Are they referee qualified? So many questions. Well, we have so many answers for you, James. You got to go back to 1906. And if you missed our episode about the history of football, specifically the names, go and check that one out because I feel like we name dropped 1906 multiple times 1906 first downs were made to be picked up by 10 yards instead of five by the american intercollegiate football rules committee initially two members had two light poles or rods that were connected at their lower end by a stout cord or chain 10 yards in length so it's kind of obvious when we start talking about those chains crews but most chain crews they earn 75 to 100 per game which you're like yo, that's not a lot of coin Yeah, but think about the view that they get on the sideline. Those numbers, by the way, according to an SI article, the Jets, yo, man, they're handling business. They on the upper end of the pay scale, 150. It's not helping them pick up some first downs. But the point is the perks, they include parking, pregame meals. Are you kidding me? Bring on the extra food, Uh, NFL branded gear. So, look, I think there's a lot of fans that would just do it for the merch. I don't think that's kind of crazy because it is really cool to be able to do that. But all 32 NFL teams, they have their own chain crews. The NFL, they actually don't even oversee the chain crews. One thing that I saw that was really, really fascinating to me, a lot of the chain crew roles actually get passed down through families. That actually shocked me when I saw that chain crew members 90 minutes before kickoff, you dress, you get the chain for the field, not around your neck, and you ensure that the backup sticks are sufficient, and then you go and meet the down judge. So just something to consider here when you're watching some of these games. Now the crews themselves, eight plus members, including at least one alternate, Prior to 2020, when the pandemic led to cuts on the sideline personnel, obviously that became a little bit of an issue there. But the positions of each crew, you got the box man. I feel like we're, what's the movie where you're like about to plan like a uh, either escape from a prison or you're gonna rob a bank. I feel like the position crews for the, um, they just have like names that associate with that in my mind. You got the box man, the auxiliary box man. Those are the dudes in the red smocks, uh, opposite sidelines to display the down two chain men who carry the sticks on the official side. One line to gain pole showing the first down spot on the auxiliary side. You got the clip man who oversees a marker that attaches to the chain at the nearest yard line. That's a multiple of five. Their purpose is to line back up properly if the crew moves to measure on the field or leaves their spot to avoid getting hit. You got the data person, tracks down the down, the distance and the ball spot. And then a penalty card person records the specific of every single flag. Oceans 8 is now what I'm calling this crew. I should have said that earlier. That was a long-winded way to me to get to the movie reference, but that's where I'm (laughs) going with it. So James, hopefully that gives you a little bit of clarity and the family thing is still what resonates the most with me, Aditi.
1: Well, I mean, it's a cool thing. And if you get to see one of your parents or your yeah. siblings doing that, wouldn't you want to do the same thing at some point, too?
4: Yeah, no, sign me up for it. Um, this one created a little bit of debate, Aditi, on a separate email chain. Daniel fired this off to us. Hey, gang, first time, long time. Love the old school radio reference. I always wondered who was the first person to get Gatorade dumped on their head after a big win. Hashtag Yammer time, dude, Daniel. Love you, man. Um, OK, according to NFL Films founder Steve Sable, the first film evidence of a Gatorade shower was when the Giants defensive lineman Jim Burt doused Bill Parcells after a mid-season victory in 1984. Let's go real deep here. Jim Burt Jr., the son of Jim Burt Sr., clearly, I went to high school with, Aditi. Shout out Bergen Catholic High School in New Jersey, state champs that year. Jim, if I'm not mistaken, was a two-sport athlete at Miami. I think he's now a baseball coach. I don't know for sure. We don't keep in touch on Facebook, like, all adults uh, do at this point. Um, Just something to consider. And by the way, shout out to Fordham just because Aditi was making fun of Fordham a little bit earlier. Uh, Harry Carson continued the tradition. It became popularized when Parcells was doused following their Super Bowl title in January 1987. Uh, By the way, when Giants defensive lineman Jim Burt doused Bill Parcells after a mid-season victory in 1984. The research film shows yellow, the color of that Parcells Gatorade bath, I'm an orange guy all the way. The biggest question I ask you now,
1: Aditi, your favorite color? I'm definitely an, an orange person also. Oh, I will say okay. That. But all let right. me tell you this since, yeah. you know, we are, let's admit that both of us grew up in Jersey, both of us grew up Giants fans. Yeah. Obviously, there are all these connections. There are indeed claims that it was actually Mike Ditka who was doused first, that it was the Bears' Dan Hampton who gave his head coach, Mike Ditka, a Gatorade shower. So, again, we're not 100% sure. It was maybe Coach Parcells. It was maybe Coach Ditka. But either way, here's a really fun fact. Bill Schmidt, who was Gatorade's head of sports marketing, when he heard John Madden describe a Gatorade shower during a Giants 49ers playoff game, he said, I think I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> Talk about marketing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. By Free the way, marketing. Like all, Yeah, seriously. And all these Madden commercials, I can't actually wait to see that documentary. I think all of us have been watching them as we're watching these Sunday NFL games. It's going to be really cool. And just sort of his impact on the game. Uh, Aditi, we got another one. Um, do you want to get to this one?
1: Uh, for sure, I okay. do. All right, Mike. Flip Taco wrote us and said, I'm getting into learning more about football since my boyfriend is really into both football and fantasy football. I'd love to hear information about the rules and the pylon, even uniforms as they've changed over the years. And Flip Taco, I love this last line. Thank you so much. She says, I just love this podcast so I can learn more. Everybody listen to Flip Taco and Flip Taco's boyfriend. You got yourself a keeper right there. Well, the pylon, let me tell you this because Yeah, you know this. I am very fascinated by the pylon camera. So we are definitely going to have a whole episode on the pylon and the pylon camera at some point. But just a few really fun facts on the pylon right now. It was created by Erwin Bud Schaapel. He was a Big Ten and high school official from Ohio. And back in March of 1968 is when he patented a corner marker for football fields. Pylons were first used in the NFL in Super Bowl Seven in January of 1973. And they became standardized in the NFL at the owners' meetings Two years later, they replaced flags to mark the corners of the end zones. And look, the flagstaffs used to be steel, which is a lot more dangerous than the rubber, pliable material that pylons are made from. The weighted pylons replaced spring-coiled pylons in the early 1990s and... Our friend, Neil Gilman over at Gilman Gear, remember him from the field goal episode. He's the one that introduced the pylon cam back in 2012. But again, like I teased, we will do a whole episode on that one, Mike.
4: Looking forward to that one. We got Alan, who also fired off a question to the two of us and joined the podcast almost as much as Aditi's weekly calls on the Ken Carmen show regarding questions. What about discussing all the nicknames for positions, halfback, tailback, et cetera? By the way, uh, Ken Carmen, radio host, which area? I'm not familiar with. He's Ken. my
1: buddy, Cleveland. Cleveland. That's correct. Okay. Ken Carmen, okay. morning show in Cleveland. And I join him once a week and we have oh, some good conversation. Right, Everybody di- listen. A
4: little daily spot there, a little fan in Cleveland. Appreciate the uh, the question here. All right, so I'll start. You want to tag team this sucker here? Because I think there's a lot to unpack because we already did an episode, by the way, Alan. And, and once again, appreciate this question on um, player nicknames. So if anyone has missed that episode, highly encourage people to go back and check that one out. That was actually a lot of fun for us. But we'll give this a little bit of a shot here. I'll start with the wide receivers. Uh, I'll let you do the backs here. But before i modern football wide receivers were known as split ends and flankers split ends now known as the x receiver were named after the split from the you go into your
0: shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
4: End of the offensive line. So more of just kind of like the geography of where they actually were on the field. Ends that were tight to the formation became known as tight ends. Flankers now known as Z receivers, were on the opposite of the split ends and often lined up off of the line of scrimmage. So once again, there's a lot of like field geography here when describing some of these positions, Didi.
1: Which is a good way to remember these things as well, right? Because they're not as random as one would think. Yeah. Okay, now we know that I love running the football, so I feel like it's only fair that I get to talk about the backs. Is that okay? No,
4: hell yeah. Roll with it.
1: All right. Well, players that lined up behind the offensive line were all known as backs because they were in the back of the offensive line and they were often lined up in an I or a split formation. So to differentiate, they were given names based on their alignments. The fullbacks were the guys that were lined up furthest behind the line backs that were halfway between the line and the fullback were called halfbacks. And then the backs that were just a quarter of the way from the line to the fullback were the quarterbacks. How about that? Yeah. Although now we line up a little differently because, of course, a fullback will be in front of a running back. (laughs) But still, back in the day, this made a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Okay, so the other thing, obviously, Mike, that I love besides running the ball is playing really, really good defense. So let's do some of the defensive one. Edge defenders. I love, do you know why would call them that?
4: I actually love this because you yeah, I remember in college doing my spotting boards and, you know, you, you kind of just think about DNs and, and over the last couple of years or so, you start thinking about edge defenders, which was popularized by a pro football focus in the last 10 years as a 3-4 and or a 4-3 defense because they've evolved over time. In fact, one of our last episodes about defense winning championships, we actually talked about how the game has changed to more pass heavy offenses. So the Associated Press officially added edge rusher to its all pro team format in 2016. The AP actually defined an edge rusher as a 4-3 D-end or a 3-4 outside linebacker, which to me it it's not a huge different uh differentiator between edge defenders from linebackers or defensive ends. It's just once again sort of the placement that they have on the field. But the edge defender primarily Right,
1: because the point, right. The, But the point, Mike, we need to make clear is that whether you are a 4-3 end or a 3-4 linebacker, your job is to rush the passers. So that's why the edge rusher, whatever edge you're coming off of, you're still essentially fulfilling the same purpose.
4: No doubt. Get after the quarterback and blow up offensive plays. By the way, Sam, Mike, or Will, who do you like best?
1: Well, I'd be a Mike linebacker because the Mike linebacker is usually the one that actually calls out the defense. It's considered the quarterback of the defense. And as you know, I'm the smartest person in this podcast. And <laughs> as you know, I'm the one that's kind of the quarterback. So makes a lot of sense. I, I love it. By anyway. the way, when the smartest person
4: on the podcast has to say it, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll let our listeners figure I'm that the two one of out.
1: i of the two of us. But in any case, so the Sam, the Mike, and the Will linebackers, mnemonic terms to explain exactly where those linebackers are lined up. The Sam is the strong side, the Mike is the middle linebacker, and the Will is the weak side linebacker.
4: I just like Mike because it's my name, so we'll just roll with that. All right, Aditi, plenty more questions to get to, including my favorite one. Who was the first quarterback to actually wear plays on a wristband? To me, fascinating, and we have the answer coming up next on NFL Explained.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Kendrel. Kendrill designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities, creating a world powered by healthy digital systems alive with opportunity. Oxygen to innovation and energy to change the world. Kendrell, the heart of progress.
3: This podcast is sponsored by Kindrel. Kindrel designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities. Creating a world powered by healthy digital systems alive with opportunity. Oxygen to innovation and energy to change the world. Kindrel,
4: the heart of progress. Welcome back to NFL Explained. Mike Am and Aditi Kinkawala with you. We're having a blast going through your questions on our mailbag episode. Got some good ones still left to fire off some answers. And Aditi, there was one from Kathy who said she really enjoys listening to the podcast, which we absolutely love. By the way, make sure you continue to follow us, rate us, and of course, uh, little little review. We love to get some feedback from you. Uh, She said, I learned a lot of fun and cool facts. I even shared the info about the Eagles logo with my son, he's a huge Eagles fan. I look forward to hearing some cool things about my Broncos. Thanks for listening, as always. And by the way, Kathy's making reference to the Eagles logo. And Aditi, if I'm not mistaken, this was one of the factoids that you dropped in that episode. It's the only one that faces the Eagles logo is the only one that faces left so that the feathers can make an E. There are also some fun Bronco stats because she's a Broncos fan. Aditi, do you want to kind of tag team a couple of these cool nugs?
1: Sure. Three championships, eight Super Bowl appearances, 10 AFC championship appearances, 15 AFC West titles, 22 playoff berths, 29 winning seasons, and the fifth best record in the NFL since the 1970 merger. Here's another one. They actually, the Broncos actually have the second best home record since the 1970 merger as well.
4: I like that, although recently some of these losses. Anyway, uh, Broncos (laughs) fans, I know we're trying to stay positive here. By the way, since uh, Kathy mentioned the Eagles logo, let's talk about the Broncos logo. It's actually gone through five iterations since 1960. All involve the horse and the first two logos feature a man actually riding a horse. So. You know, as we start thinking about, you know, the different logos and someone had mentioned uniforms, by the way, like I start thinking about the evolution of some of that stuff. And I think we are going to do an episode on that. But the real life Bronco. Thunder in its 29th year as the Broncos live mascot. You know, I think about Denver and the state of Colorado. Not too far from Denver is Boulder. And clearly, I know all about CU, but they got Ralphie and Ralphie. You know, the Buffalo kind of runs out into the field. They're really big on like this whole animal, you know, themed football situation there.
1: Well, I met Thunder the third. There have been three Thunders. Okay. And I met Thunder Three or Thunder the Third a few years ago in Denver, actually. Gorgeous, gorgeous, purebred Arabian horse. And, wow. you know, he runs from end zone to end zone after every Broncos touchdown. It's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool.
4: Got another one here. Great podcast for information I find fascinating. Love it. Hosts are great together. Oh, and I look forward to future episodes. So do we. Do a segment on sports media, which, by the way, I love. I mean, I kind of geek out on it's maybe sometimes inside baseball, but um, any fun sports media stuff that we can unleash here?
1: Well, let's remind everybody that we did indeed do an episode on Monday Night Football, which has to do with media. And we had two tremendous sports media members join us then, Ron Jaworski and the fabulous Melissa Stark. So definitely check that one out if you haven't already. Uh, how about this one? The first professional football player who was ever on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which, of course, when I was growing up, was the mecca of oh, sports no journalism in no, my no. mind. That was Hall of Fame quarterback Y.A. Tittle Ooh. back in 1954, November 22nd, 1954. He was part of the 49ers' million-dollar backfield, and Y.A. Tittle was a seven-time pro bowler, a three-time first-team all-pro, and he was the NFL MVP back in 1963.
4: I love it. And, you know, we made reference to Madden a little bit earlier, and I automatically think about the cover of Madden and how much of a cool accomplishment, accolade that is for players. The first NFL player on a Madden cover— shocked by this in some ways just because you think about some of the players that have been on it and this is I guess clearly a shot and I don't mean to make it a shot I was just surprised by it San Francisco running back Garrison Hurst on Madden 99 two-time pro bowler almost 8,000 career rushing yards first NFL player on a
1: Madden cover not bad you know what's one that we may have to do the Madden curse does yeah, it really good or quality. Is that just an urban legend? Yeah, and we should get some of our the Madden cover men to come and join us.
4: Does '99 feel weird to you, by the way, on Madden? Like I graduated high school in '99. I it can't be that long ago, and now I'm like, oh man. As we're doing this over, you know, video, and I I haven't shaved in a few days, and I see some white and some salt on the side. Like I guess I yeah, I guess. Madden '99. I'm getting old,
1: Didi. Oh, speak for yourself, my yeah, friend. Speak no. for yourself. No. Super Bowl one, the very first Super Bowl. One thousand media credentials were issued, and in fact, NFL Commissioner Pete Roselle was so worried about the Super Bowl getting enough attention that he gave his PR staff two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to spend on the media just to make sure that there'd be some hubbub and excitement. And talking about Super Bowl one. Now, fast forward to the last Super Bowl in Miami, and this number is actually a little bit depressed because of the pandemic. But six thousand media credentials were issued for that Super Bowl. I will say that again, there have been more. That's not an all-time high. We're just going from first to the latest.
4: It's still a lot of media members watching the games.
1: Okay, this is my favorite one. Yeah, right here. Our producer Vince. Hey Vince, we love you Vince. Vince wanted to know who is the first quarterback to put all the plays on their arm. You know how they wear those wristbands, Mike, oh, and yeah. they uh, and they write plays on them? Yeah, I, and I've been meaning to ask some of the older quarterbacks if the font gets larger the older they get on those <laughs> wristbands. <laughs> But I haven't gotten up the courage yet to go up to Ben Roethlisberger and say, hey, do you need bigger print than you <laughs> did when you were 23? In any case, it was back in 1965 when Baltimore Colts quarterback Johnny Unitas and his backup, Gary Quozo, both suffered season-ending injuries. And so it was the third-string quarterback, Tom Matt who had been a running back, he was forced to play quarterback. And it was offensive coordinator Don McCafferty who thought, hey, why don't we do a wristband? And it was actually Tom Matt's wife, whose handwriting was small enough and neat enough that she helped him write and create this wristband while he started three games. And one of those games was was a playoff game, in fact. And that original wristband that Tom Matt's wife wrote sits in the Pro Football Hall of Fame right now.
4: So cool. Never would have thought about that. Of course, Vince did think of that question. So well done by him.
1: And who helped think of the solution? A woman, of course. Yeah. Come on now. Well,
4: I just think back to the episode when we had Kurt Warner pop on with us on other Players Work Week. If you missed that one, make sure you go and check that one out. But the pillow talk between Kurt and Brenda, his wife, to get him ready for games. And this makes sense. And... Aditi, I think there's one thing that's abundantly clear. If I was talented enough to be an NFL quarterback and I needed a wristband, I would not be the one writing any place (laughs) because my penmanship is absolutely awful. If I had to get one thing for Under the Tree, it would be someone to help me with my penmanship. But that's not a gift that I can actually get. So
1: that's why I'm here. I would definitely help you with that. I do have neat handwriting. But you know what? Moving on, I have to tell you, I feel like this was a super fun episode. We need to do one of these regularly. Yeah. No, keep firing we, we off these questions. We need our listeners to yes, exactly. Please keep sending us questions because it's fun to rattle through a bunch of these, and I learned a lot. That's yeah. for sure.
4: No, I'm I'm with you as well. Shotgun At, bootleg.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the bootleg who would have thought
4: that I will never see bootleg differently other than some dude (laughs) with with a a bottle of you know prohibition whiskey in his pants uh always appreciate these questions by the way a kinkabwala a at mike underscore yam um look you can use the hashtag nfl explain i'll continue to track and save some of these questions for a future edition of a mailbag episode but adidi uh last thing i will ask you what's what are you hoping is under the tree
1: world peace Come on now. Now I feel like a jerk. (laughs) You're putting me on the spot like that. I, I don't think I've gotten, you know what, I am just hoping for more patience and grace for each other, that we treat each other with a little bit more kindness and that we can come out of this COVID world and get back to our normal lives. I'm hoping I can get back into locker rooms next year.
4: No, I'm with you there. I'm not going to say mine because I'm going to sound really selfish because I just want to be unpacked and settled down in Los Angeles before Christmas. You are selfish, so So, own who you are. um, (laughs) 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 At this point, world peace for everyone. Uh, Always appreciate everyone checking in.
1: But Mike, Mike, before we go, let's thank All of our listeners that helped us launch this podcast to our team at iHeart, to our producers at the NFL Network and the NFL Media Group, everybody. We've had a blast. And let's keep it going in 2022. So everybody out there, happy, happy holidays. Happy New Year, May 2022. Bring all that you wish for. And that was Mailbag Questions Explained. Brought to you
3: by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. Wait, what? Yes, Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G ultra-wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks. Your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.